You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks, talking about True Leaf tonight, hopefully. A lot of news coming through on True Leaf and just in the movement. I think this is a good night just to kind of go over some of the headlines and some of the local news that's happening and maybe take some phone calls. 978-560-3155 if anyone wants to call in tonight. I get a lot of phone calls during the week, off hours, and even uh, during the show. We don't get them all in. Tonight's the night. I'm kind of opening it up. So if you want to call in about uh, any dispenser, if you're an employee, tonight's a good time to do so. Give it a shot. 978-560-3155. I, I get hit up all week. I, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. I want to talk to you on the show. So call in 560-3155-978. Just call in 978-560-3155. That's the best way. I want to talk to you live on the show. My name is Mike Crawford. This is the Young Jerks. The first headline tonight I wanted to get to was truly legal settlement comes amid scrutiny of racial bias in the cannabis industry from Chris Roberts in Benzinga. Story that just came out about an, another lawsuit. We we often talk about True Leaf uh, being number one in quite a few things. Mo- most OSHA complaints right up there. You know, I think True, uh, True Leaf is number one and it looks like Cure Leaf is number two, but they're really close. They could either be number one on that. And also lawsuits. We see a lot of lawsuits against Cure Leaf and True Leaf. And True Leaf, I think, is number one on that as well. <laughs> Narrowly defeating Cure Leaf right now at this point. But both of them have a lot of employee-based lawsuits. This is the latest. Uh, we're going to read from some of it and some other things going on in the cannabis industry right now with workers. I feel like we're really starting to get to a crescendo where we're, we're breaking through. And we've been reporting this stuff for months now, and, and this is the latest. Crew Leaf uh, has settled a lawsuit with a black former middle manager who accused the Florida-based medical marijuana multi-state operator in a complaint filed last month of paying her and other black employees less than their white counterparts. According to records filed April 13th in the Second Judicial Court in Tallahassee, where True Leaf is headquartered, The company reached a settlement with Brooke Bennett, who worked as a manager on the company's 200-person street, uh, 200-person St. Petersburg call center from August 2018 to 2022. And there's some allegations in this. You know, one of the claims, uh, Bennett's claims, comes at this time when the cannabis industry continues to struggle um, and especially struggle to extend opportunity to racial minorities Um, So this is not a good look for them, especially when the when the lawsuit is talking about uh, paying people different wages based on sex and uh, racial. Well, we hear a lot, actually, in True Leaf. Uh, We've heard some employees say that's not actually the case with True Leaf. So, hey, they settled the lawsuit. I mean, I think that's the big case here. I would love to hear what the employees think of think of this. I know uh, some of the employees have recently. Uh, become a little more frightened from speaking out. We often see that, but I, I think we have a strength in numbers here. So if you want to call in tonight, you don't have to use your, your own name. You can use any name you want, 978-560-3155. The other thing that happened this week was Green Thumb 
in Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, Green Thumb Industries, GTI, as they're often known. They're a multi-state operator. Uh, they had a strike called by the Teamsters on 420, and it's their Rise dispensary chain brand that uh, GTI, Green Thumb Industry, owns. I also wanted to talk about that tonight because I think there's a lot of opportunity right now in cannabis on what's going on for the workers and we're starting to see that and we're going to talk much more too about NIOSH. Truly apparently is going to be having NIOSH, the feds come in. This is the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. They're going to come into Trulief Holyoke where Lorna McMurray passed away and they're actually going to study and find out if there's any actual harmful things going on still at that Trulief facility. And that's quite exciting and it's something that we're actually working on uh, with a group of folks uh, to, to bring more of that to Massachusetts, more of NIOSH and large cultivation sites. Our first goal was True Leaf, and it looks like it's actually going to happen. And uh, we're going to have one of the folks on uh, from MassCosh. They're a great group, MassCosh, that we've been working with on the show. She's an expert on this stuff. Maybe a couple of them, actually, a couple uh, women who are experts on this stuff to talk about what this means uh, for the employees, for the health and safety of workers at TrueLeaf and throughout the state and what workers can be doing right now on this. So there's a lot to talk about with workers. I definitely wanted to kind of give those updates. If you are a worker out there and you want help, we hear that a lot. We can put you in touch with uh, union organizers. We can put you in touch with these experts from NIOSH. There's a lot you can do. Uh, there's a lot you can do to protect yourself. Uh, so we're going to continue to cover this. We hope workers actually do join us as well uh, to speak out like they have been uh, over the last months because we feel like this is a point where we're actually breaking through and there's things happening. And we also have our event coming up. I want to make sure I talk about that. Uh, the Young Jerks, we have the Cannabis Awards, Cannabis Worker Awards on Sunday, May 7th at the Rockwell in Somerville, Massachusetts, it's Davis Square, Somerville. Uh, it's going to be hosted by me with a bunch of folks from UFCW 1455-1459, also River Run Gardens. Danny Carson's going to be there, Saskia Van James from MRCC, and many more. Uh, we're going to have live music from my longtime Young Jerks producer, uh, Brian Murphy. His mute band is The Teasers. He's going to be performing. I definitely would like to see all of you there. It's going to be an event that we will definitely be at. Uh, looking forward to it. and. At this event, if you're a worker, you do not have to pay. You can show your cannabis worker badge or a photo of your cannabis worker badge on your phone, and you'll get free admittance to this event. This is about the workers that night. Uh, you can look it up, rockwell.org, for more information. You can also get tickets. Check us out on substack.com uh, slash the young jerks. And I'm sorry, substack. <laughs> Midnightmass.substack.com. Let me say that again. Midnightmass.substack.com for information on how to get tickets for that if you'd like to purchase tickets or support us. Um, but again, I, I wanted to just uh, put it out there to any workers listening tonight. I see a lot of people listening, but uh, we're not getting a lot of uh, comments or, or even phone calls tonight. So this is the perfect night for phone calls. I'm going to put it out there again. And it may be even the last call here, 978. I want to make sure you have that number, 978-560-3155. Call in if you want to talk about workers tonight. 
if maybe if you're a cannabis worker and you want to talk about some of the issues you're experiencing or you want to talk about any of these uh, recent lawsuits against True Leaf or the strike against uh, GTI, looks like there's going to be a lot more uh, labor activity happening. There's also a law, uh, a labor lawsuit, too, that was just announced in Massachusetts. Again, against True Leaf, cannabis workers, UFCW 1455 actually has filed suit with the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, against True Leaf. So again, True Leaf is being sued by employees left and right. Sometimes they're settling the cases, and uh, sometimes it's a new case like this National Labor Relations Board case. I did reach out to them, uh, 1455, and unfortunately they their attorneys declined. They said, no, they can't talk about the case right now. But uh, we expect to see some news on that, too. True Leaf in Framingham, Massachusetts, not treating their employees well. No big surprise here. So I just wanted to give kind of an update on some of the things that are going on with the employee issue in cannabis and remind you that we're not going away. We're not giving up. And in fact, next week, April 28th, actually, there's going to be a major event in Boston out front of the state house with mass kosh and it's going to be remembering it's the worker memorial day and it's going to be remembering lorna mcmurray true leaf worker who passed away uh in holyoke they're going to remember her as well and there's going to be something else that, that's put out all about this as well so there's so much going on right now i want to make sure that people are aware we, you know, we did take like a little step back because I had COVID and I was so busy with my taxes and also because there's a lot of organizing going on behind the scenes right now. And sometimes it's just better to focus on that stuff, which we've been doing and we're starting to see a lot of progress. So I just want to uh, give you all an update on the worker situation. And again, I'm going to put it out there tonight. If you have been wanting to call in and talk about True Leaf, Maybe you want to talk about Verano brands. Maybe you want to talk about what's going on in Illinois with, with the strike there against GTI. Maybe you want to talk about uh, Cure Leaf. There's so much to talk about right now. This is the night to do so. Uh, before I do log off, maybe this will be a quick show for me. I wouldn't mind that so much at all. But if anyone does want to call, we will give you time. 978-560-3155. I know as soon as I log off tonight, there'll be like five people who want to call in. Here's a call. We'll take this call right now. See, I love this. This will keep me on the phone so we won't miss anyone tonight. Because, because, oh, one second. We have you on the phone, but I can hear uh, hear us in the background. Do you are you listening on the internet too? Oh yes, I turned it down. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine now. Well, well who's calling? Um, I'm Kelly. I'm one of the um, people Kelly. from True Leave who are laid off from the call center. Kelly Heist? Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you for calling. You're also nominated <laughs> for our, our awards event, too. Yes. I'm very excited. Awesome. Thank you for calling in. Uh, wh what do you think about what do you want to call in about tonight? I guess, first and foremost, I mean, I, I just, throw out some headlines. I just had an interesting interesting um insight about this uh brooke bennett lawsuit against truly where they settled um i read in the lawsuit that they named three people in the lawsuit and one of those three was laid off maybe three weeks ago 
he was out on a leave of absence for medical and he came back and they said, I'm sorry, you're no longer needed. And they laid him off. And you knew that person? I'm sorry. Did you know that person? Oh yes. He was my, um, team lead when I was in a chat agent. And then he was the manager over the training department when I was a trainer. So I don't know if it's retaliation. Maybe they think they were discussing um, salaries, maybe, which was a huge no-no at True Leave, um, or if it was something else. But it, the perception to me is it could have been some sort of retaliation since Brooke named this person in the lawsuit. I see. So she did name her in the lawsuit. I, I missed that part of it, I guess. So if I was do, one of the you, other two, I might be nervous do, for do my you job. Do you talk to any of them? <laughs> I do. I wonder if they might come on the show. I can ask. He was mentioning taking a trip out of the country for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> he was laid off. So I'll try to reach out for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I wonder, you know, it's uh Roz McCarthy, the founder and CEO of Minorities for Medical Marijuana. You know about that group, right? Yes. They declined to comment to Marijuana Biz Daily on Monday about the lawsuit. Um, they've declined all mm -hmm. of our you know, requests for any comments. They've declined everybody's requests, like the whole community's request. You know, they're supposed to be representing minorities for medical marijuana. Um, this, this company has done so much racist stuff, like, you know, even just from their edible thing that they did for, I don't even know what was a Martin Luther King day. I think it was, they put out some crazy stuff on the gummies. That, that was atrocious. Yeah. And then, you know, just the way that they treated the employees, we've talked about, you know, the, the deport, you know, just a couple episodes ago, we had James on from Florida talking about, you know, people being deported. They didn't know they were going to be deported and truly keeping the information from them. And that now this lawsuit and they just have no comment. They'll give them awards. They'll take their money, uh, Roz McCarthy, but they never have any comment. Do you have any comment on, you know, Roz McCarthy not having a comment, I guess, Kelly, as a former employee? Well, they're making so much money off of True Leave. I mean, True Leave pays for every award that they are presented. So why, why speak out against somebody who's paying you big bucks? Seems like that's which what, is a shame. Yeah. Because they're supporting a company that clearly mistreats minorities and women for the most part too, even though it's a woman who's running the company. It's terrible. It sure is. And it's just kind of like the silence is deafening. You know, like Wiz Khalifa too, you know, another one that just I'm shocked that he didn't wouldn't speak out about the Brooke Bennett lawsuit. Yeah, nothing. No, no comments at all. They're paying big money. Yeah. And so I'm glad that more people are speaking out on your show and and on other platforms to kind of tell the truth about how truly does business. Me too. I think it happens. It needs to happen even more. You know, I felt like we're, we're a riding crescent, you know, 
riding a wave like a month ago and now i feel like people are are from what i'm seeing a lot of people are reaching out privately but then they don't call in you know like, like you do and i want to really thank you i really appreciate you because you're vocal and uh i i definitely want to get you active in, in what we're doing you know behind the scenes too because i think you're a good connection to the workers of florida um i just wish everyone was like you because i feel like people are hot and cold on it you know I, I think so too. They get excited for a couple of weeks to speak out and then they kind of like, Oh, I'm going on with my life. I'm not going to focus on this anymore, <laughs> which, you know, right. Oh, heck with true leave, you know, I'm yeah. starting a new job or whatever. Right. Right. But and then it, they continue to treat people terribly. So I want to protect people in the future. That's what I'm saying. And especially when we're making so much progress, I feel like there's, especially in Massachusetts. And I feel like, you know, if we can get some of that, what's going on in Massachusetts down to Florida, I think that's going to make a big difference in, a, in a other states too. Because I feel like uh, what what a lot of the cannabis community and the medical cannabis community misses is that there are people outside of the cannabis community that want to help us, and they have institutional power a lot of times. So, because cannabis affects them too. So, you know, when, when you have it legal right. in your state, whether it's medical or legal, now you're talking about jobs, you're talking about sons and daughters, you're talking about all kinds of things that come into play that affect everyone in the state. So I think there are some opportunities here to change things. And um, I'm glad for Danny. I'm glad for some folks that I want you to meet uh, from Mass Kosha, like Brenda, Quintina. You know, there's there's some really good people right now working on things in Massachusetts specifically where i'm at and i think it's going to make a difference locally and nationally and i and i think florida too like you know alex and you specifically and james this is like my top three in florida right now i just i i think all three of you have have been really stand-up people and, and really come through for the workers and I, and I hope to see a lot more from that you know of that from workers everywhere you know in our state and in, in florida in New Jersey and West Virginia. I'm getting a lot of calls from West Virginia now. <laughs> well, I heard that they closed their contact center too when they pulled the multi-state calls out of the Florida call center. Yep. They opened a West Virginia one, then it was closed or cut in half. I don't know if it closed altogether, but that happened within a month of it opening, I believe. Right. And in Massachusetts, we're having like stores closed now, which is crazy. Like stuff is not truly, but other dispensaries, you know, just like here today, gone tomorrow. It's things are really in flux right now in this industry. It's a very strange time. Definitely. Well, I think, I think the executives that truly may have thought that the rapid growth, growth from the pandemic was sustainable. Right. And I think if they really honestly thought that, then they're stupid. I'll say it. Right. <laughs> you, know? you know, people aren't working. So, of course, you can sit at home. And if you're not physically working, you're at home thinking about your ailments, right? Sometimes when you're at work, you can compartmentalize things. So maybe you don't feel as bad as you normally would. So, of course, you're sitting at home. You're obviously medicating more. Stimulus checks, you have more money to... Yeah. spend on cannabis and we all, you're not you know, going out to dinner you're not doing those things so yes if they really thought that was sustainable then <laughs> they should bow out because they're not fit for the job 
Let me ask you about James too, because James was on that last show, you know, talking about the workers getting deported. Yeah. Were you surprised to hear that, that they, they actually did stuff like that, that they even had people who were green card holders that didn't know um, that their immigration status would, would get them deported um, at Trulief because it wasn't really a legal job for them with the federal government and Trulief didn't let them know that? I was shocked at first, but then it kind of didn't surprise me after the initial shock. Just because these people are cruel. They don't, they don't care about anybody. They don't care about people at all. Not at all. And I wish to anybody out there listening that if you know me, worked for the call center, don't be afraid to call in. You'll feel so much better if you tell your story. Even if you just come on for 30 seconds, if you just have one story to tell, call and say you'll you'll sleep so good that night after you let everybody know what happened to you. I agree 100% too. I, I think that uh, when you hold it in, it makes it worse for yourself, you know? Definitely. And you don't have to use your name either, you know? So if you have that fear that, that you know, can make you more comfortable, I've done that way back in the day. I got James calling in too. Would you, do you mind hanging on and we'll talk to James as well? Bring both of you up. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let's have him up. Sure. James, what's up? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good. I got Kelly on the line from Florida too. You, you, you know Kelly, I think, from True Leaf. Uh, probably. Sorry, my day's been a been a little hectic. That's why I'm on my phone instead of on the computer since I just moved and everything's still getting set up. Well, you sound good. I think, Kelly, can you hear James? Yes, I can. I was one of the uh, layoffs from the call center. I was a trainer over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a yeah. material handling lead that did so much more than I was supposed to, training people uh, in multiple states and stuff. So we, we were talking about a few different things. One of the things we, we were talking about, James, is the legal settlement that uh, just came up. Uh, you know, a, a racist bias, racial bias in the cannabis industry at True Leaf. Oh, yeah, about uh, the employee that got paid less uh, than their their white counterparts. Right. Were you surprised by that one? I'm guessing not. What no. <laughs> I figured it fit the bill. It's just it's right in line with the ethics that they continue to display. That you know that they've displayed the entire time that. You know, I, you know, I worked there and everything else. I, now, that's not to say that I knew of it happening, but the, the way that they treated the Hispanic employees, I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, I know, right? And Brooke was there from the first day that the call center was open. Wow. So that, I mean, she was there f from the beginning. She helped, he helped open the, the doors of the call center. Yeah. So she should have been legitimately one of the highest paid people there. Exactly. Yeah, I started. Oh, uh, go ahead. I was just saying she wrote the employee handbook for the call center. So I mean, she she built the place, and then they treated it like this. Terrible. Yeah, I uh, I started back in 2018 uh, when truly was still relatively fresh. Our our paychecks, which I actually found some of, especially on my pay stubs, they didn't even say truly on them. They said George Hackney Incorporated. That's uh, so that was a uh, felt like a lifetime ago. 
I'd like to ask you both a question. You know, um, Ron DeSantis, the governor, seems to be all about running for president right now. And it doesn't be it, it's not looking good for him. I, I just yeah. wonder. I mean, I know he just got reelected again, but I just wonder, like, long term, do you see like uh, any chance of that hurting him politically where some of the scandals? Because I think there's a lot more scandals with him and Truly that are buried right now. You think there's any chance that that, that stuff kind of comes out uh, in the next year or two, especially with the feds even? Possibly. I remember the, the election where the FBI got involved and Kim Rivers' husband was involved um, and he ended up uh, getting, I believe, house arrest or the prison time he got was in a really, really nice, what I would call a five-star prison. It was essentially a hotel. <laughs> I think he might be um, still for, there. I think what? he's still serving his sentence. Good. He needs to be. Uh, what him and Kim did was nothing short of just absolute disgusting and i remember all of us at truly were talking about it and we were all rooting and hoping that it would mean kim would step down and she would go away and unfortunately that obviously didn't happen but one can dream one can dream <laughs> i mean it's so that's shocking. what we were hoping on the call center too it's, it's so shocking that, that she still kept her position after her husband and it was you know it's not like they weren't connected in business. You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if it was like, you know, Ma Mariah Carey was married to Tommy Matola, the record producer, right? And yeah. their business uh, was connected too. So like, the, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a relationship where they're not connected actually. But let's just pretend like if they had totally two different businesses and they their businesses never interacted, that would be one thing. But the, these two people, their businesses were like, And Kim was in on it. Like Kim, there was three people involved in a crime ring. It seemed like, and two of them went to jail. Yeah, I can't think of a single. I, I can't. I can't think of a single normal person that can threaten FBI agents and get anything less than the absolute scummiest of prisons. And talking about them working in together, yes, uh, Kim's husband, if I remember correctly, it was it was all construction. He was responsible for right. the construction and the growth of Truly, exactly, which made things yeah. So they were essentially paying themselves to build their own buildings, and it was it, it's the perfect example of corporate loopholes that, in my opinion, shouldn't exist. It, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's their you know ability to do that and. It, I, to be honest, I might feel that way if it, if it didn't involve so much corruption and threatening of people and bullying people out of certain sectors and lowballing other employees and and just, I mean, it, it was it was terrible. And the not only that, the quality was absolute garbage. Uh, I have pictures of our asphalt at the Jefferson County site in Monticello, Florida. I'll call it out all day long, um, where the asphalt was so weak. Now, mind you, this is North Florida. This is not in Arizona. This is not out in the Mojave Desert. This is North Florida where it, it gets hot, but it shouldn't get so hot that the asphalt allows motorcycles to sink into the ground or their kickstands or allows uh, pieces of equipment that our maintenance team uses to sink into the asphalt and become a hazard if they go to push it and it'll flip over because it has sunk into the asphalt. I've got four or five photos of it because... 
it was a problem because we'd have to divert forklifts to go pick up these rats that are, we're supposed to be able to push all across the parking lot. We can't push them because they've sunk into the asphalt. And it, it was a problem. And, you know, they, so they, he was probably charging, and I use that word lightly or loosely, um, charging, you know, a pretty penny for this construction that you wouldn't catch me dead trying to run a business out of right. between doors that didn't want to function and water leaking into the buildings, uh, electrical boxes completely submerged in water because there's no drain, uh, septic lines that would overflow and run septic water down the walkway where the employees had to walk through septic, uh, runny septic water uh, during stormy weather. Um, yeah, all of that stuff. I bet they, they charged themselves a lot of money and paid themselves a lot of money and got a lot of tax write-offs to do some really shoddy work. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, too, uh, did you want to add anything, too? Are you still there? Oh, yes, I'm still here. Do you want to add anything to that? What about the, I mean, our toilets at the call center would always overflow and break as well but we they rented that building so i don't think it had anything to do with that but they were never in any type of hurry to get anybody there to fix anything either our ac would break and we're not working outside and need somewhere cool you know but it still gets hot in there and then with covid and everything people sitting right on top of each other it was always hot and humid when the air would break so it definitely wasn't even safe in the call center either I, I think my all-time favorite thing that we had, and it might still be there, uh, we, we had this thing at, at Jeffco, the Jefferson County site, um, called Lake OSHA, is what we called it. It was this humongous hole, big enough to drop you know, on two cars in, um, but it was full of water. So if you looked at it from the side, it looked like one giant puddle. But if you were to step off in it, you would disappear because of how deep it was. There's no rails around it. There's no tape around it. There's nothing to indicate that it's there except the water. And uh, it was dangerous. It was very dangerous. And it was there for months. It was there for over a year. And I, I can't you know, attest to whether or not it is still there, but it was there for over a year. And we called it Lake Osha because we were expecting somebody, anyone to step in it and get hurt or a forklift to flip off in it. And I mean, if you flipped off in it in a forklift, if you didn't brace and stay in the seat, you were going to get crushed. It was just, there's no two ways about it. It was a big hole. Like that forklift would disappear. Nine, seven, eight, five, six, zero, three, one, five, five is our phone number. Uh, you know, what? I got another phone call too. Kelly, do you, I'm going to, if, if I lose you, I want you to call back Kelly. I'm going to try to take this call too. Well, I have to get going oh, anyway, so okay. I'm sorry. Thank you for calling yeah. tonight. I'll Kelly. still be listening though. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye now. Hi, who's calling in? Hi, uh, my first name is Rochelle. Um, I would like to be able to speak on like anonymity because my husband signed an NDA when he was let go from true leaf. Definitely. I mean, you're on the air, though. I mean, okay. you can use whatever name you'd like, but, you know, yeah, we're not looking to investigate you, obviously. Well, that that's fine. I just won't give my last name. No, you don't need to. So, you're yes, what what, okay. do you have, what did you want to bring up tonight, Rochelle? 
Well, so my husband worked at another company for 12 years and um, was basically headhunted by Trulief. And uh, they hired him in December, which seems like they hired him right after they let go of those 50 people in that one um, lawsuit that was just settled. Um, But they hired him in the middle of December and then... He started in January, and six weeks later, he was let go and had to sign an NDA just to get his severance package. And now he can't even get a job in any call centers anymore because there's, the market is so saturated. And was this in Florida, too? Uh, we don't live in Florida, but it, he was because he was doing the national call center. And so we live in Ohio. So you could do it from anywhere, basically, at that point. Um, yeah, he was he was working from home. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are in that situation. What what would you say to them if they're listening? Like Wiz Khalifa, um, you know, Kim Rivers. We always say call in Kim, hashtag call in Kim. We know she's not going to call in, but like I, I think some of them listen. What, what would you want to say to them? I, I would want them to know that they have, they've really hurt people. They've really hurt our family. We're, we're a family of four. I'm a stay at home mom. And he was, he was our sole breadwinner and they've hurt our family. We've gone from being able to afford day to day to not make, you know, not really sure if we're going to be able to, um, people matter and if you would treat people like they matter your business would do well i'm really sorry that happened to you thank you what, what do you think about wiz khalifa who, who, who says he's got his money you know i i don't know enough about him to be able to say much other than great you got your money good you got your money out of the backs of all the people that are losing their jobs that are hurting now. So I hope your millions are worth that. Thank you so much. That, for that seems, that seems to be a big thing with true leave too. It's they, it, they'll preach people, 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 people matter. Our people are our backbone. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I feel like that's yeah. somebody that's paid in a position that might know that. But at the end of the day, Kim's the one that pulls the trigger and she doesn't care to her. People have always been expendable. Right. Um, that was visible after Hurricane right. Michael came through and absolutely devastated the area. She brought a single case of water for over 80 employees and acted as if that was something special. Meanwhile, those of us that were outside working, trying to repair damages went to the Piggly Wiggly next door and asked if we could get pallets of water. We were like, no, a case of water is not going to cut it for all these people who have no power, no electricity, no running water. We're, we're going to do something better. And so the employees, the, the foot soldiers, the people out there in the, in the trenches sure. were the ones trying to run the salvage operation for everybody else because it felt like management didn't have our backs. Um, and right. it, 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 it just it sucked because you feel like you don't matter. You feel like you're unimportant and you're expendable. And 
it makes you not want to be efficient in your job. It makes you want to just quit right then and there because, you know, we have families because you have to be 21 to work in the sure. industry anyway. So it's not. Yeah. And these aren't 16, 17 year old kids that just oh right. want to work with weed. These are these are adults. They have kids, you know, uh, spouses that they have to take care right. of and and truly right. just and could not care any less. Right. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was in all of his interviews and things that what kept sticking out to my husband was the fact that they kept saying how much they cared about people. And the thing about my husband and, and I is that we were both raised in Christian homes. We believe that people matter. We believe that it's our job on this earth to love and care for the people around us, that that's what makes this world a better place. And so the company that he was at before, he was feeling very much like people didn't matter. He didn't matter. He had actually been told that he was expendable, but that's another whole thing. And so he he's in these interviews, you know, hearing how important people are and how much good he could do in this industry. And that is who he is. He wants to do good. He wants to make the world a better place. And that's why he came. Now, are you surprised to find that's out? That's why he left the job. Are, are you surprised now? To, I mean, do you know, are you aware that they have probably the most, it looks like the most lawsuits against them from employees, the most OSHA complaints, either them or Cureleaf have the top OSHA complaints. I mean, are you surprised by that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he did so much research and none of that came up. Like, we didn't see any of that when he was, trying to decide if this is something he wanted to do and so yes we're we're shocked to find out now everything that was going on behind the scenes had he known he wouldn't he wouldn't have joined up with them so it's it's interesting you know that he did do research because I, I i could totally see that you know prior to, to us starting to talk about this i don't think there was really anything negative out there on them and it's it's really funny um, that you mentioned that. Uh, I know I called OSHA on True Leaf uh, once when they had us outside working during a tornado uh, that come through the area. Um, oh but <laughs> what really makes me laugh was um, we <laughs> on my on my personal Facebook we we created a game, and the game was is will there be a fire truck or an ambulance at James's job today? Because it was so commonplace for EMS or firefighters to get called to the Ben Bostic location in Quincy, Florida, that it became a game. We started taking bets on how many times they were going to be out there, whether it's from people passing out or small fires or whatever due to shoddy electrical work. Because what a lot of people don't realize, the cannabis that's grown at the Ben Bostic location um, is grown in a tomato, what used to be a tomato processing plant, and all of the rooms that are there are essentially styrofoam. They're, they're styrofoam walls, and it's essentially a styrofoam mold cutout put into this building. And all everything, like with everything that Truly has ever done, has always been rushed because Truly wanted to. I remember Kim talking about how. Uh, she promised herself that by whatever year she was going to reach a hundred stores in Florida and she did it and yada, yada, yada. So it was just rush, 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 rush to essentially become the Walmart of cannabis. And the quality is right there with it is Walmart style. You know, you don't go to Walmart for, hmm. you know, Gucci, you know, <laughs> or Prada. 
and um, <laughs> right. that's and, and that's what that's what True Leaf did. They they became the Walmart of cannabis. Uh, and with Kim being an attorney, she was able to talk to people in, in the legislation and stuff that she knew she already had ends with and allowed for stuff to be pushed through. That's the reason uh, I talked about it last time. The reason we knew that there were pre-rolls were going to be legal on April 20th of 2019 was because Kim already knew because technically pre-rolls were not legal. And yet we were making pre-rolls. Uh, they pulled people off the line and had us stay late. I think I stayed until 930 that night and my drive had 136 mile drive to the house. Um, so <laughs> until 930, 10 o'clock at night, trim and bud to prep for these pre-rolls that we were like, this is illegal. Why are we making these? And then the next day, April 20th, hey, pre-rolls are legal. And we're like, wow, how did she know? How did she know? You know? Yeah. And um it is because she had ends. And I mean, I could I could list off a dozen names of people who were there trimming bud that day. And the only reason I remember it is because April 20th, 420, you know, the smokers holiday. And uh, that was the running joke. That was the running joke at the, at well, the yeah. How many at years ago plant. was that now, James? Uh, 2000, I think it was 2019. Because um, yeah, in 2020. Like four years ago. Four years yeah, ago. in 2020, I transferred over to, um, uh, to the... Uh, Jefferson County site from the Ben Bostic location. I, I did a lot of traveling between Juniper Creek, Teloja Creek, Higdon, Ben Bostic. Um, I oversaw the or the ordering. Or I, well, I actually put in the orders for the Jefferson County site, the Madison County site, um, the expansions for buildings two, three, through all the way through eight at Ben Bostic. Uh, the expansions, a lot of the expansion at Higdon, um, and so I was responsible for it. I actually found. The other day, an old parts list uh, and pieced it uh, that I from Truly that I had printed out because I was constantly working from home for free, mind you, because I would just be up there so late and so long that I was just constantly exhausted. And I was like, look, I will just do this at home over the weekend for free. And I just I, I don't have a choice. And and it was either do that or get fired. And so there's a lot of worked hours from home, you know, for free. And but, it, it, you know, it is what it is. I was young and stupid. Thank you, James. Trying to uh, get your friend Claudia to call in. I don't know. I, I, yeah. We keep missing Claudia. We, we were trying to get. Yeah. I think I might just call her tonight, too, again. Like, yeah, I, I want to thank the caller on the call. Yeah, I want to thank the caller on the line. I think you may be our first call from Ohio. Are you still there? Mm. Yes, I'm here. Do you have any final thoughts you want to leave? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. can you... You have any... uh, no, not really. I just I just felt like it was important that people heard my husband's story. You know, it it's heartbreaking to see him in the position that he's in now and how he feels very cheated and, and um, tricked. Definitely. And they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. Definitely, we're hearing their stories over and over again, and uh, I, I just hope he keeps his head up and he's not alone. It happens to the best of us. A lot of us have been in similar situations in the past, and you just never know how things are going to turn out, good or bad. So I hope he and you and your kids keep your head up because hopefully good things are headed your way. We got some comments, too, on it. Uh, we got a comment right here. It says, hi, Rochelle. Thank you for calling in. It made me sick when I heard two supervisors that I trained in January were let go in February. 
I trained re uh, two really good humans during that time. So you're getting some really uh, supportive comments on our stream too. So I want to thank you again uh, for calling in, Rochelle. Thank you so much. We're the Young Jerks. We're taking your calls too. If you're an MSO worker or you worked at True Leaf and you want to make a comment, tonight's a good night to do so. Uh, I get some yeah, other comments coming in. I'm gonna yeah, I was going to say, I saw the comment in. about the yeah about the phone. Um, let me read it's actually James, James, wait, 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 wait. Before you answer, let me read them because people don't know what you're talking about. And, and some people gotcha. listen to podcasts, so they can't read anything. So uh, Logan wrote, sounds good on YouTube. And then he came, uh, another person on YouTube, a uh, random thing said, uh, what's up with this foam thing? Uh, what is he referring to? So now you can answer on that one, James. Thank yes. You. Sorry about that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so the foam is the actual rooms that it's grown in. It's it, everything was thrown up very quickly. So it's like styrofoam. Uh, you can run up and you can push your finger through it and it, it'll, it'll tear through. You know, it truly tries to give off this impression of, super professional, super sturdy, uh, just absolutely grounded in everything that they do. We are, they are a concrete foundation in the world of cannabis and cannabinoid products and yada, yada, yada. Um, and it, when you walk in it, if you take it, if you take time to look up, nobody ever looks up. If you look up, you see that the rooms don't go to the ceiling They because it's, it's all styrofoam it, and it's, awful it's like you guys are supposed to be the best of the best and this this is not it and it's not okay you know but that was that was inside the bin bostic the walls to the other buildings such as what uh bb2 bb3 is what we call them and etc cetera, etc cetera. now those were metal um because they weren't thrown up in a rush um it was if i remember correctly it was sheet metal <laughs> but um and there was kind of a and there's no break either between the rooms so uh, there's just a, a door uh between the rooms so if you get an infection or an infestation in one room we you had to immediately quarantine it but the problem with that is is because you'll have one set of employees trying to manage four rooms in a building and if you've been in a room with spider mites and you go into one of those rooms before the infestation is caught there are now spider mites in your uh and the rest of your implants and you don't realize it. Um, and there's also the issue with uh, the fact that I remember there was an employee. I'm not gonna, unless she messages me and says that she's okay to talk about it. Um, uh, was told to take photos of a spider mite infestation because it was so bad that they were contemplating throwing the product away. She was punished for taking the pictures that she was told to take by the site manager. Uh, she got punished for that because you're not supposed to take pictures at work, um, but she did and because she was asked to. And she said it's really bad. And she worked in dry, um, you know, where the finished product is supposed to be like this is in product. It has gone all the way through the growth process and is now in dry with the rest of the product going out to customers, um, hanging up to, you know, finish curing. And she said, this is bad. This is really bad. And instead of taking care of it and like tossing that, that batch that was completely infested, they decided instead to put it into the extractor and uh, sold it as extracted THC. So stuff that you would find in like your shatter or um, anything or stuff like that. So those people who partook in the, the usage of the shatter and things like that were taking part in THC that had been extracted 
that was full of spider mites. And, you know, a lot of people go, well, they get destroyed during the, the extraction process. Look, that's fine, man. I, I, I understand that, but that doesn't make it any less gross. Uh, like our 350 gallon uh, tanks where we would put our nutrients and stuff like that, or water that would run through and, and water the plants. Uh, they would sit outside for months. Now, mind you, I was a material handling lead. I did all of, I was responsible for the logistics and stuff like that, as far as like in-house delivery and ordering of products and delivering those products to their proper buildings. But we always had a shortage of space that, you know, I've pled for, for years. Um, because we didn't have space for these 350 gallon containers, they would sit outside where they would get very moldy and absolutely disgusting. And when I would bring it to the attention of management, they said, well, they're going to get bleached before we use them. Okay, that's fine. But again, I'm positive that if these patients knew that their medicine was being made in containers that were formerly full of mold and other gross things, they would not want to use it because it's, that's gross. That's unsanitary. I don't care how you clean it down, how you scrub it down. A brand new container that's meant to water every plant in a building should not ever be loaded with mold like that before right. it's ever used. Absolutely. I hear a lot about mold too. Getting, uh, I was actually yeah. just looking at my files to see if I could bring up some of the photos, but even in the retail dispensers at True Leaf, I'm hearing about and, and seeing pictures of mold, which is just like in retail, like in your retail locations, even like it's well, and that stems from the the process that they started utilizing to to put out and not have to or to put out cannabis and not have to essentially toss it. And the reason what they would do is they would look at these moldy batches and instead of pulling in the just reaching in the batch, they would look for all of the best ones in the batch. And be like, oh yeah, this one tested fine. It's it's right under the limit. It's got some mold, but it falls under the limit, acceptable by you know the FDA or whoever's in charge of it. So this batch is good. And we're like, dude, we just we watched you pick through that batch to pick that nug, right? And you know for you know nugget, and we watched you dig through there for that. That's that's disgusting. But again, if you say anything, you lose your job. And you know, like like we were talking about earlier, we got people we got to feed and stuff. And we so what we were trying to do is bring it up to our bosses and like, look, man, we have to change this. This is not okay. And we were essentially told to shut up. Like I, I hate to say it like that, but that's what it was. It was like shut up or we're gonna let you go. And it was like, or my favorite, that's not your job to worry about. And I'm a firm believer in one team, one fight. I may work in logistics, but if I see somebody in the grow struggling and I have an opportunity to assist them, I'm going to assist them. That's that's teamwork. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. And, you know, truly likes to put off this whole we're a family. We take care of each other. OK, well, then how come you're telling your departments not to cross help each other whenever they see somebody struggling? You know, and it's one it, they, they want you to go through these procedures and protocols where your lead talks to another lead who then talks to a manager who then OKs it. And by that time, they don't need help anymore. And um, it's now just, when I it was, when I was bad. mentioning the mold in the retail, I, like I, I should have clarified more, because I'm not talking about even the buds. Like there were there was an employee showing me, like the store, the wall of the store covered in mold. Like, like I've never I've seen like I have heard so many complaints about mold in you know in the grow and the cultivation sites, with so many dispensaries and the bud like you just mentioned. But I've never heard that a retail store was covered in mold, like the walls. I think my, is, I think my audio messed I, up. I've heard a lot of stuff back. about the retail locations of the True Leaf, which is I've never heard with other dispensaries. It's just some crazy stuff going on. 
I think I just lost you, James, unfortunately. Um, but maybe we'll get you back. You know what I'm going to try to do right now is I'm, I'm going to try to call Claudia. I've, I've been waiting for Claudia all night. I want to try to get Claudia. Let's see if we can get her on the phone. This just may be the easiest way. Well, unfortunately, Claudia is not answering. James is back. We'll bring James up for a second. Sorry about that. I had a phone call that messed my audio up. <laughs> yes. I, you know what? I, I've been waiting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring this by you because Claudia is your friend. And mm -hmm. I've been so excited to have Claudia on the show. Like, this is the second time in a row. And it never <laughs> happens. What's up with her? Like, I can't get her I, on the phone. She texts me back. She... I don't know. It's like, is she scared? Sure. Do you think she's scared? I don't know. Claudia's she's a little firecracker, man. She's a. Well, she's too busy. For I, I can't imagine. She got too much of a life outside of this. <laughs> well, I know she stays pretty busy. She's a. She's got a pretty busy job that she's. Yeah. And Claudia is nothing if not proficient, and so it. You know, she's working. She's gonna be on it and just. Maybe yeah, I need a pair. Maybe up. I need to say, "Look, I'll give you fifty <laughs> bucks to answer the phone at this time." Yeah. I mean, I can, I can, money? yeah, I can back out and I can reach out to her, see if she'll answer. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm just, it's a, it's eight o'clock now. It's like, I said seven, you know what I mean? It's like, this is the second time I, I've tried twice. Yeah. She's out West right now. Uh, yeah, these are live shows. These aren't, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, she just posted a Snapchat uh, to yesterday, maybe. Uh, and I, she was out in the desert again. So um, I wonder if she knows that it's seven Eastern. Yeah, no, we talked about that today. Gotcha. So she was just texting me and saying, give me three more minutes. And yeah, I know that there was another she's setting up her laptop now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll hey. give her a couple more minutes. I know there was another employee who uh, wanted to remain anonymous that currently is in litigation uh, against Truly uh that was definitely very supportive of everything going on and she wants to if i understood her correctly and I, I might not have but she she seemed pretty interested in putting things out there but she has some stuff she has to you know go through with the the system before she can say anything but that she would be an absolute bombshell to have on the show uh she was higher up the chain than i was and she had been there a little bit longer than me um probably one of the best people I worked with as far as standing up for her people. And I mean, it was like, like a beam of light in a dark tunnel because you just constantly beat down because like we were talking about earlier, you felt so expendable. And then here comes this person fighting for their team. Like they're, like they're ready to lose their job. And it's like, Oh my God, you beautiful person. <laughs> um, but, and she had her fingers in a lot of places. Um, she was she was all over the place and she played a big role in the development of true leave as a whole and she never got the recognition that that she deserved um and to the person talking about you know people that i trained in january seeing them gone in february it it's stuff like it's heartbreaking because it's like who who is hiring these people just to have them terminated who's who is not 
looking forward and you know trying to do projections of employee nate and that you know needs and stuff like that employment needs because i know they offered me a position last year wasted a month of my time they cost me three high paying jobs um and people ask me you know why did you want to go back well it's not the management but it was the people that i worked alongside i loved being in a position where i could help them and i would again have been in a position to help a lot of people and this time it would have been higher up on the food chain and I would have been able to, to address a lot more issues. And to put in perspective, it was somewhere between seventy dollars and $80,000 a year. They wasted an entire month of my time. I did four, three or four separate interviews, all of which were relatively lengthy. Um, they were like, hey, you got the job. We're going to put you in the system again. And um, I prefaced all of this by saying I was a former employee. They were like, that's fine. Your credentials are outstanding and you already have experience in the company and we need somebody to oversee the opening of this new location. You would be fantastic for this. And I was like, awesome, sweet. So I turned down those three high paying jobs and I was like, hey, I, yeah, I, I got another job offer. And as I'm getting excited, and I'm telling my family and I'm telling my girlfriend, like, oh, my God, I just got this job. You know, it, it's going to be great. You know, we're going to be able to catch up on all of our bills and yada, 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 yada. The very next day. The very next day, I find out through a third party, because Truly wasn't even going to tell me. I found out through a third party that I had red flag as a no rehire because I, quote, burnt bridges, end quote. That was the only thing that I could find out after I called to, to figure out what it was. Um, and I sat there and I was dumbfounded because up until up until I came onto the Young Jerks, I never bad talked Truly. I never said anything negative. I just avoided James, I'm going to stop you right there. Go ahead. Hello. Guess who's on the phone? Claudia's here. Hey, What's up, Claudia? Claudia? Hey. What's up? We've been waiting for your call, so we're very excited that you're on the phone. Actually, I haven't. Yeah, you know, we got it right. Okay, so you're on. You can hear us, right? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Awesome. So I missed that James voice. Is, yeah, James has talked about you in the past. Um, I want to hear the story about what Trulief did to the immigrant workers who had green cards and they didn't tell them the correct information. Can you tell us about that, Claudia? Yeah, so um, I think it was around April, right close to 420, a couple of years back. Uh, I, immigration released a press release on um, basically if you work in the cannabis industry, that you could potentially run into problems when you go to uh, renew your your legal status because of the fact that it is still you know federally illegal even though it's legal in certain states. Um, so they released it. Uh, there was a couple people that were getting their stuff denied in California that I came to find out about. So I was like, oh shit, you know, like let me let everyone here know because this could really mess up their legal status in the U.S. So I spoke to my upper management, you know, and I told them like, hey, you know, how do I get this message across? And they were like, I don't know. And then I found the actual press release from immigration, uh, the USCIS website, uh, where it states all of that information. And, you know, it says if you do work in the cannabis industry, you know, you might want to get a lawyer and see about that if it's time for you to renew and um, and I think one guy got denied citizenship because he went to go do a citizenship test in California and it got denied because of his previous employment with cannabis. And uh, 
I I printed all the stuff out. I put it by the time clocks. And, you know, I was really big in the Spanish community there. So everybody came to ask me. They're like, well, what should we do? What should we do? And I was like, you know, get a lawyer. I was like, I didn't tell anybody to quit. I was just like, get a lawyer, ask about it, you know, get your stuff figured out before you do anything. But this is the act. This is the law. This is what it states. This is what immigration released. You know, you know, inform yourself, talk to somebody. And I posted it all over all the different job sites. Man, like a day later, I got my ass chewed out so bad and everything got taken down because they didn't they didn't want nobody to know. They're like, oh, we're going to work with, you know, getting lawyers and legislation passed. I'm like, dude, the immigration system has been fucked in the U.S. for years. You're not going to do you're not going to make a change. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there's no way. I was like, yeah. whatever. So, you know, some people started quitting because they're like, well, fuck that. You know, I'm not going to lose my legal status over a job or I go work somewhere else, you know. But, yeah, they didn't want anybody to know. They took all my stuff down, but I had a whole bunch of copies. So I just gave them out to the employees that were mainly on, like, on the harvest team. And how many do, and you, I was like, Look. How many do you think quit after that? Oh, man, like 20, 25 people. And do you know any? Just in that one department. Yeah, in just that one department, 20, 25 people. So they all probably would have been deported. You saved them, thank God, from that. Yeah, they they would have had some legal issues. And it's like, um, so I don't know if it, it deported exactly would be the thing, but they wouldn't be able to renew their, their legal status, which would put them in an e- at an illegal status. So, you know, obviously that deportation comes after that. But um, luckily, you know, some of them got lawyers, some of them, you know, there was a lot of nonprofits working, too, that I got them in touch with so they can uh, they can get the information that they need, whether they had to leave or not. But um, I think with Truly, it wasn't as bad because it was working under George Hackney Nurseries at the time. So it didn't actually say Truly on their on their tax information. It said George Hackney Nurseries. So I, I think they were OK. Thank God. And and yeah. you're, I love that you uh, made sure that they had people to talk to. Because when James talked about that on the show, like, you know, two episodes ago, people have been freaking out. They've been like, did those people get any help? Do they know that they have rights? And that, you know? No, yeah, they, they had rights. And, and I made sure that I got all the information I could uh, and, you know, assess them in the best way that I, uh, that I could by giving them more information and you know telling them like i'm not a i'm not a lawyer i don't know how this whole immigration shit works i was like but get a lawyer you know figure out if it's if it's beneficial to you to still be here or not you know and don't trust yeah. just true leaf <laughs> i mean that's the bottom yeah. line yeah, yeah and and i don't know how claudia feels but i felt like after that whole thing went down i felt like claudia had a target on her because i Claudia, do you oh, remember yeah, when you tried to work time. nights? You tried to or do the part time, yeah, and they told you that, they couldn't fired. do it. Yeah, Bro, they told you you couldn't work part time, but your coworker did. But okay, so that whole situation, it was so fucked. I think they already knew that I was working with the union, and most of the drive. This was already after I coordinated, not coordinated, a uh, sick day for the drivers. And um, it was the same day. Like, I still got some of the voicemails over there. Like, you need to come back to work right now. We know you're not sick. 
these deliveries need to go out. And I was like, look, unless you guys are going to meet with all of us in one place, we're sick. And some people, you know, they felt threatened. They came in and they were like, who orchestrated all this? Of course, it, it ended up being me. And yeah, I did do it. So I took ownership of it. And they were like, I was like, you can't fire me for calling a sick day. We all called a sick day. Well, it's a strike. Oh, it's, not, it's not a strike. We all called in sick. And my boss knew ahead of time. And I told her, I was like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to put you in a predicament. But we need to be heard, and this is the only way we're going to get heard. So I'm letting you know, heads up, right now, tomorrow, you're going to lose your shit because we're all calling in sick. And she was like, don't do this to me. I was like, look, it's not to you. It's to management because they don't give a fuck about us. And we got to make ourselves, you know, they, they keep telling, oh, you'll just be replaced. You're, you're replaceable. But not if all of us leave at the same fucking time. We're not. Let me so, ask you. Oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. Go ahead with that. Yeah, so that day, like, um, we all called in sick, and I got calls from that same day from our upper management. You need to come in. You need to come in. We know this is a strike, blah, blah, blah. You guys are going to lose your job, this and that. And I was like, we just want you guys to hear us out. We just want a meeting. That's all we want. So they're like, okay, tonight, 6 p.m. in Tallahassee at the main office, we'll talk. We'll have all the drivers there. And this is the first time all the drivers got together. So they already knew I was kind of working with the union. So a couple of times after that, uh, one of my coworkers, same position, same age, everything. We were literally the same thing, except he was a white dude and I'm a Spanish girl. But we had the same exact position and he worked part-time in the morning and I asked to work part-time at night. Because again, my job was only needed at night because it's when the deliveries were going out. So I only had to be there at night. I didn't have to be there during the day. They had people to cover my shift during the day. So I was working a weird shift just to make 40 hours. I was working a couple hours at night and then coming in the next day for a couple hours and then had to take off in between to come back at night. And I told Pocket, I was like, yo, can I just work part-time at night so I can, you know, I'm trying to learn these new skills. I'm trying to work some construction jobs. I'll be here by the time you need me. I was like, but, uh, is it cool with you? She's like, yeah, yeah. You know, Jared did it. So why not? Same position, same everything. I'm like, okay, cool. Upper management, two days later, we're like, nope, you can't go part-time. We only, we don't have part-time employment. I'm like, what the fuck? Yes, you do. Literally my coworker did it while he was in school. What do you mean you don't have part-time work for my position? They're like, your position isn't part-time. I'm like, I know I'm asking to go part-time. I was like, just like he did. And they're like, nope, not allowed. You have to come in. You have to do your 40 hours. You have to come in in the morning and come in at night. And I'm like, I can't do that. And I was like, it's not beneficial to me. I was like, I, you, what you need me for, I will be there. I am not needed in the morning. Why do I have to be there in the morning for two hours just to make up, you know, just to make the 40 hours a week? I was like, I don't need the 40 hours a week. I'm trying to do something else in the morning and I'll be here at night. No, nope, if you don't come in, you're going to get fired. And I was like, what the fuck? Why if we don't have part-time employment? I'm like, yes, you do. My coworker literally did it who holds the same title that I hold. It was like, well, that was back then. This is now. I was like, okay. So then, you know, my boss was like, are you going to come in? I'm like, I can't. I already started, you know, this construction job that I work from 6 in the morning to 4 p.m. And I'd be here at 5 p.m. like I'm supposed to. I was like, but if you're asking me to come in in the morning, I just started with this company. I'm not going to do that. And she was like, if you don't come in, I have to terminate you. 
He's like, you have to, you have to do something. I was like, well, then you're going to have to terminate me because again, I asked to be part-time. You approved for it to be part-time, but upper management for some reason came down on her saying she had to fire me because they don't have part-time employment. That sucks. I want to go back. Yep. I want to go back to the the part about the uh, employees who are green card holders too. Mm-hmm. When you, when I know that you found out and, and told like you know twenty of them and a lot of them quit. Did you do you know if any of them actually got in trouble or lost their you know green card status or or were deported even before you knew or after? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think um some people did not get their stuff renewed like um the tps but i think that also stems from the u.s uh system at the time i think trump was president he was trying to cancel it around the same time so i can't pinpoint and say it was because of this you know because it could have been because of that as well it all depends on you know the timing of when they had to renew because i know for for some people if they had a tps and they had to renew it and they had cannabis as an employment, it'd be like a red flag. But um, I can't pinpoint and say that I know for sure if anyone did. I think uh, I think I gave them the information as soon as it came out from Im- from immigration, and I think that helped them a lot. Good. Glad to hear that part of it. Yeah, and some of the ones that had green cards, I mean, they, they got out of work while they were renewing, so they could put that they were currently unemployed. And then um, once they got their stuff back, they came back to work. Very good. Um, a lot of, you know, I know you were trying to organize the workers in Florida. There's delivery workers getting organized right now in California. There's a strike right now at GTI and uh, Illinois. Uh, a lot of organizing happening in cannabis. Why do you think Florida, it's so difficult to organize compared to California, Illinois, Massachusetts, and other states? I think it's one, because it's a right-to-work state, and two, because it's never really been done in Florida, so people are just like, you know, fuck, I'm going to lose my job, and they don't want to, you know, especially in the community where truly is at, most of their employment is, like, lower middle class, you know, and that's the type of, the people that they can't afford to go a month without work. A month without work would mean I can't pay my bills. I can't buy food for my kids. I can't pay for, for child care, you know, and, and all that. So when it's trying to strike and organize and stuff, they don't want to risk not having that paycheck. Maybe we need it's what more, I think. more strike funds, maybe. No. Yeah, because there's definitely, I know that's what in the Spanish community, the hardest part would be because again, they're lower middle class. So it's not, it's not people that can afford too many, yeah, too many days without work. And that's why uh, sometimes strikes take, take a while and they're not willing to risk their check for that. So some people literally will put up with shitty conditions just because that's all they got at the moment. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember they made y'all come in. They made the, the two drivers come in uh, the same the day after they had just been shot at, if I remember right. Uh, I don't remember yeah, who it was. Yeah, they got two days. It was Hunt and uh, Ty, Hunter and Ty. 
And That's right. Yeah, they got two days, two days of paid leave or eight hours each day. So 16 hours of paid leave and they had to be back. They're like, oh, you know, we have other EAP assistance programs that you could talk to or whatever, but they never really got time to do that. They got shot at and two days later, they were right back at work. When they get shot yeah. at, did it go through the car? Like, how, what happened? Yeah, some bullets hit hit the wheels, and I think it hit the front. And um, I was working that night, scared the shit out of me. Uh, I was like, why are you calling me? Call 911. Call them first. <laughs> I was like, I'll call me back, but call 911 and then call me. I was like, or have Ty call 911, but he was a bit of a shock. And... Uh, so they were talking to me while talking to the cops and I had both of my upper managements on three-way as well while talking to them. Uh, but I, I think it was, I think it ended up being an inside job from some other uh, house, I believe. I think it was from Juniper Creek or I'm not sure. I, I don't, I didn't pay attention to the investigation, but it was a truck. It pulled up beside them and you could literally see in the camera when the laser flashes in front of the guy's face. And then you see the bangs of the gun going off and it hit the wheel a couple times. And I think it hit, I'm not sure if it hit the front, but then they drove off expecting the truck to stop because they hit the wheel and we, it had a flat too. So they were expecting the truck to stop up closer to the front where they had another truck come on behind with like a cargo van in the back. And, um, but I told the guys, don't stop. Just keep going, keep going, keep going till, till a cop pulls up next to you just, or till you get to like a rest area where there's a cop. So they came up to a rest area and there was police there and then troopers pulled up right behind them. And uh, they did what they had to do. And then they, they drove back to Quincy or back to Midway. Uh, and we were going to unload the truck, but they were like, no, the truck still needs to go out. So we had to get two more drivers to come in to take that route for them. Or actually, no, they still took that route, I think. They still took that route after they got shot at. They moved everything to another truck, and they still took that route. And then as they came back after the route was finished, they came back, and that's when upper management had a conversation with them uh in a in an office so they got shot and they went back out those guys are good workers they were dedicated um yeah and hunter was fired not too long after that yeah i can't remember why i think i was already gone after that so that's when i started doing all the protesting and speaking my mind and getting my ass chewed out a lot just after that so when when uh they got shot like shot at did any product get stolen or those guys no they, they, they didn't the stop the truck yeah they, didn't they stop. took off so they were trying to shoot them to to get them to pull over to so stop they could, the, yeah. yeah and those guys kept driving like that that was smart of them to keep going um yeah it's it's crazy you never know what you're gonna like i used to deliver food at one point in my life when i was you know at, it, you never know what you're gonna see when you're a delivery person especially at night I had a person right. who was definitely on drugs one night who jumped on, like I pull up to like a stop sign and there's a guy like I just watched smash in a wind, like a window of a building for no reason right next to me. And then jumps on my car, smashes my windshield, like on drugs. Like, I don't think there was no reason <laughs> to it. Like he just was bouncing off of like every building in the area. Like it was bizarro. I thought he was going to get killed. Actually. I thought he was going to kill himself and, 
That was one of it's my like, nights. Man. Yeah, like, it's like man, I'm have... just trying to pay my bills. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna <laughs> see when you're out in the city, especially delivering. Yeah, food. and like so when all of that was going down, I mean, these drivers are getting paid like twelve bucks an hour, thirteen bucks an hour, and I was like, yo, there's people who pick up trash and get paid five bucks more than we do. So I was always advocating for us to get paid more. I'm like, just because of the risk involved. I mean, I had me and Hunt, I think we're on a run in Miami and we were being followed. And I'm like, Hunt, we're being followed. Like, you see that? We, we're definitely getting followed. And he was like, yeah, you're right. So we started taking different turns, trying to lose them. And now, we, you know, people knew who we were. When we pulled up to the back of a true leave, they knew exactly what was on the back of our van. And we were hitting multiple stops on the way, multiple stores on the way. So obviously it's like, okay, these people are fucking packing with weed on the back of that van. People knew what time delivery was. You know, even the customers, they'd be like, oh, it's Wednesday. They're definitely coming. We're getting our shipment today. You know, like people knew. And that's what the dangerous part about it. And I'm like, and we're getting paid 12 bucks an hour. Like, that's not fair to the guys. It's not fair to, to just all the risks that's involved with this. You know, it's high product. You should be able to pay more than a UPS or FedEx, you know? They're like, oh, we're not yeah. as big as them. I'm like, no, but you're making more money. Like, come on. And at the time, I was going to say at the time, the trucks were unescorted. Uh, I don't know if they are now or not. But That's what I was going to ask. So like, w- w- why wouldn't they be using like a brink service or something? Because this stuff is like gold. It's like money. Like, why, Right, exactly. And that's what I was telling guards them. Or something? We're literally driving around like we're carrying fucking flowers to a nursery. You know what I mean? It's not flowers. It's weed. It's high dollar. It's people get killed over this. You know, like we we were carrying over a million dollars worth of product in a truck at at once. You know, and there's several trucks going out. So it's like I was always trying to advocate for them to get paid more. I know a couple of years later, my old boss, she's not there anymore either. She called, she sent me a text. She's like, I want you to know that the email that you constructed with all the research of all the drivers, she was like, I pushed it all the time. She's like, and I finally got everyone a raise. She's like, and that was thanks to you. And I want you to know that even though you're no longer here, I still used every, every information you gave me, all the tools that you gave me. I used it to help the guys. And she's like, it sucks that it's been two years since you've started this movement. But I can finally text you and tell you everybody got the raise it deserved. Oh, that's awesome. So I remember that, that, that was a hard fought battle. I can't believe that like you have I want to ask you another question about that because you got million, like you said, you're driving around delivering weed to stores, delivering cannabis to the true leaf locations with millions of dollars of product in the vehicle. Did you or do you think any drivers? ever had thoughts or ever did actually just say you know what i'm, I'm gonna take like 50 grand of weed here out of this back and just come back. i <laughs> mean i would sure think the about thoughts it were always there you know i'm pretty sure the thoughts were always there you think what but i'm pretty i can say i said I, i'm pretty sure the thought was always there but i can honestly say the guys that we worked with and that while i was there were some of the most honest people i've ever met and they really did just love their job and loved who they worked with and, and then believed in it, you know, believed in, in the whole movement of, of what it was to grow cannabis and sell cannabis and making it accessible to everyone. So I don't think anyone ever had sold any product, but it's a thought that would always, you know, 
run through your head. Like, dude, I got a million dollars. I could just take the tracker out of this truck and no one would know where I'm at. That was before we had the cameras and the trackers and all this stuff. Like, we only had one little tracker that would tell you where you're at. And if you took it off, like, you, there's some vehicles that didn't have it. Only management knew which ones it was. But it's like you could easily just took off the tracker, hauled ass, put it, put this stuff somewhere else, put the tracker back in. You know, it was it was easy. If you wanted to do it, you could do it. Like, you know, I used but, to... I used to deliver beer for a living for, you know, through college. I worked for Teamsters and one of my, but like, like it's so funny because delivering beer, you know, guys would break stuff on the truck so they could drink it. Like, you know what I mean? That would happen all the time. Yeah. And, and, and you hear stories of from the old timers that like back in the day, you get a beer at every stop. Like if we do 15 mm-hmm. stops a day, 15, 20, you know what I mean? So like, some of these guys were wasted driving these vehicles way back in the day before me. But, you know, recently there was like, you can't, you know, you can't drink on the job, you know, but some guys would still do that. And a lot of guys would still find ways to steal beer. And a lot of times, like our bosses were good. Like on Fridays, they just give us beer. It'd be like, there's a pallet there. Take a case, like take, take one home. Nice. And I think that was a smarter thing to do so that people wouldn't steal actually. But like, I specifically remember these two guys that I knew. <laughs> they got busted and uh my, my like basically my one of my relatives worked you know worked there as well so i think they told me the story i'm not even sure how i found out but apparently like on that last day of work one of them decided you know hey it's a, my last day of work why don't we uh pull up to my house for lunch and like you know i'll take like 20 cases of beer or whatever and apparently like it, they, it wasn't even the. I know what it was. It wasn't even at the house. It was at. It was uh in in the like near the house, like in the woods. They basically just pulled up on the you know stopped for lunch on the side of a road and just threw like twenty cases in the woods. What? Yeah, and the cops came, and the cops saw what they were doing. They were like, "We know Merrimack Valley. What the hell are you doing? You're stealing the beer. Ba ba ba. Get your truck. Get the hell out of here." And they took off. And one of the dudes comes back the next night to see if the bear's there and it's all gone. The cops took the, the, the cops <laughs> stole it. The cops stole the bear. <laughs> so, I mean, like there's so much leakage going on. You don't know. Like, I just, I'm surprised like no one, like even if they have trackers on the truck, it's, it would be so easy just to pull up, you know, in the woods somewhere, just drop a, a pound of weed there and come back and get it later that night. You'd think anyone ever, uh, might have done that to True Leaf. Maybe I mean out at Juniper Creek, you're riding out in the middle of nowhere for a good little minute with no service. So hell, they might have. But I think once once they installed like GPSs and these uh cameras, and then there was this one part where they tell you if the door opened, like a sensor. If the back door opens, they know if you pulled over and that thing opened, I mean, probably you took some shit. But, That's probably why. Um, they probably want to know when's the door opening, where. If anything's missing, they're yeah. going to stop. They're going to go back to that location. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, I wonder I wonder how beer delivery is now. I wonder if there's any of that stuff going on with that, too. It's, it's just so funny. Who yeah. knows? I mean, I, I know I they, they really. Uh, what was that? Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I know the uh, yeah um I what Claudia was saying about how the guys really love their job 
I, I, I'll stand behind that comment all day. So when I got offered that job last year to, to work at true leave, the, like I said, the reason I even, you know, took it was because I miss the people I work with truly, truly does such an amazing job at completely underutilizing some of the most motivated people I have ever seen in my life because people like, Oh, well, they're all a bunch of potheads and they just want to work around weed. But out of the three years that I worked there, I met more people interested in trying to help the consumer, help the patient than I've met anywhere else. And I've worked at home Depot. I've worked at Walmart. I was in the Marine Corps and I've worked in other places, uh, you know, for doctor's offices. I even compared to the doctor's offices, I have never seen employees so adamant about how they are so happy that they are able to help people get off of opioids and other medications and, and be yeah. able to provide essentially a better life for people. It was amazing. And that's why I wanted to come back because I hated the management with every fiber of my being. But to be able to work with people who loved being at work because they loved knowing that they were going to help people was awesome. And the management just completely throws that away. They throw away that love and that passion that these people have because they are the management is of the mindset. Well, everybody wants to work with cannabis because they think it's laid back so we can just replace whoever. But mm, that passion eventually not, will run no. out. Yeah, I, I worked when I started. I didn't start on the drive team. I started in a. Uh, what was it called? Production. So basically, once it's become an oil, we make it into the vapes or into the the true pods and the true clear. And, and I became the first uh, like lead that they had at night. I started the night shift there. And honestly, it was like the best time when it was just it was it was like ten of us, the only crew at night working our asses off to just make sure we were meeting numbers and doing what we love and, you know, vibing with our music, having a good time. No one really, you know, I was never one to bitch and moan about somebody being five minutes late, but then they, they got onto me. They were like, this person on your team's always five minutes late. You need to tell them something. And I'm like, I'm just happy they showed up. You know, like it's the night shift. No one wants to work the night shift. And then they were like, no, but you need to, you need to tell them we're going to start a point system. Like, and then the, they'll watch the cameras like the next day they'll watch us how we worked at night and if they seen for like 15 minutes that we're actually all just talking because i used to have like meetings with my team to be like hey what do you guys think we should do you know what is one way i can be a better you know manager for you how can i work for you so you can work for me so we can work for them you know and if they seen that i stopped production to to talk with them and have like an open discussion I'd get in trouble. Like, no, you took 20 minutes to talk about something. And I'm like, I would train these people. I would teach these people. We, I would have like Wednesday nights, but while we're still waiting for first shift to leave, I would go into the conference room and we'll play videos on what, what, what marijuana does, what, what parts of the, of the bud are we using, like to teach them so they know what they were doing. And it was only like seven of us, eight of us at the time. And Honestly, some of the hardest working people I've ever had, some of them are still there to this day from the crew that uh, worked with me years ago. They're still there. They're in management positions. You know, they've really, they've really got out of their shell and took time to really know what they're doing. And they're in better places. I mean, all over the company. 
not just in one spot. I mean, some of them then moved down to Tampa and are working down there, but they really just enjoyed their job. And we all did, but upper management was the one that would really fuck us over and make, and, and would make me uncomfortable. Cause they're like, this person missed too many days. Oh, are you still there, Claudia? I just hit something. Hello. Claudia, are you still there? Hello? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. There you go. I, I screwed up something on my phone. Someone else was calling in, too, and trying to deal with the other yeah, calls. The last, the last I wanna, thing I heard was Miss Too Many Days. Yes. You know what? I want to wrap, oh. wrap this up with uh, Claudia. And uh, I know James has been on here a while, too. But I want to just say... If you could give any message to Kim Rivers right now or any kind of like, you know, people of power, like cannabis control commissioners, what, what would you tell them about workers in Leaf right now? Right now, I could tell you that you still have some of those people that really just care about the company itself. And the more you focus on helping them, helping your people, to the bottom, to the ground, to the harvest, to the drying care, to production, you know, those people there, the more you value them and, you know, really look out for them, you'll get way more out of trying to just build more stores if you invest more into your people. Thank because you. those are, the, at the end of the day, that's, that's who makes your money. Thank you so much for calling in tonight. No, thank you guys for having me. This is the uh, famous it, uh, famous Claudia we've been trying to get on the show to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about it. It's been I today. You said seven, and I kept saying seven in my head, and I'm in Central Time, yes. so I fucked up, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't even know how to translate time zones like that." What is that? Eight, is that <laughs> six or eight p.m.? I don't even know. Like, yeah, I was like, oh man, I fucked up. <laughs> You're here. That's the, the program. Good. I want to thank you so much, uh, James, too, for calling in, Claudia and James tonight. We had a couple other callers. I want to thank them, Kelly Heist. And um, oh, there was another one, too. The wife, she was good from our Ohio. I think her name was uh, uh, Rachel. Rochelle. Rachel. Or Ra yeah. Yeah. I think she said Rachel. And I think somebody typed Rochelle, but I think her name is Rachel. And I think I was saying Ra 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 Rochelle. I don't even know, but. <laughs> What a, she was good too. I want to thank you guys so much for calling in. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you, James. Um, we're the young jerks. I'm not sure when we'll be back. We're definitely uh, coming back with a few more shows upcoming. We got the cannabis control commissioner, the chair, actually the cannabis control commission is going to be coming on the show first week in May. I think in 10 days, we'll, we'll figure out the exact date, but I'm looking forward to that. We have some other things that we're going to be doing. If we missed your call, we did miss a couple calls. Try again. Call earlier in the show. 978-560-3155. Put it in your phone. Speed dial so you get in first. I want to thank everyone for calling in tonight. Uh, we'll see you soon. Young Jerks checking out. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you.